Good afternoon, Jamie. What's going on, Keytronics? K-Tizzle? Uh, not a whole lot, really. Just kind of disappointing news. So it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those episodes. So just like four out of five. Of those <laughs> We're back to normal. Yep. Hang it yeah. up. Moment of brilliance and then nothing happened. Click the next, click the next podcast. But yeah, no, everything's going good. I just kind of screwed up is more what it was. It wasn't even a lack of putting an effort uh, this time around or being distracted by other things. It was literally, I just made a mistake and that led to things going off the rails for me, but we can get into that. Uh, That's not allowed. You're not allowed later. mistakes. No, mistakes are not allowed. Perfection is the only thing. Rockstar Ninja. Yep. Yep. So uh, I, I feel like I always go first. So I'm going to let you go first and tell me how your last two mm. weeks have been and uh, how things are going for you. Yeah. So um, the last few weeks were good. Um, so I was working on uh, a new revamped brilliantfantastic.com. Mm-hmm. And I have it kind of broken out pretty nice in terms of tasks. And my first task that I always work on for like, marketing sites is like the hero section. Cause to me, it kind of like the hero section brings out all like the, the branding kind of stuff. And then you can sprinkle that, sprinkle those uh, throughout the rest of your site. So yeah. Yeah. To me good. that, yeah. And that, that's always slow going for me because I, I have a vision in my head and it's hard for me to implement it all the time. So, um, it took about five days of, of sitting and thinking and tinkering and trying new things um, before I finally had like a breakthrough about what I kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That was kind of expected. So I'm a little disappointed as far, like I wanted to have the new site launched by now, but that was pretty much unrealistic when I, when I think about how slow I am with that stuff. So um, I'm kind of on a, a really nice uh, trajectory now. But that, that's mostly what I worked on for uh, my site. Um, so it's been a little slow going, but uh, I plan on launching uh, whatever I have by next, the next time we talk. So Nice. I did get my first sponsor on GitHub. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah some, uh, some guy with two THs in his name. Yep, yep. I realized that I sponsored you and then I like announced it and I was like, this is before anybody's listened to the podcast. So hopefully Jimmy <laughs> did all the like backend stuff that he was supposed to do for this. And I'm not just like, <laughs> that out of the bag. uh, well, I didn't because you, uh, my first sponsor, did you get X? Actually you, you, you sponsored at the lowest level. So you, yeah, won. I was the lowest tier. So I didn't need yeah. Yeah. anything. Uh, I got so, a badge. Yeah. You got a badge. So yeah, I appreciate that. I love it. Uh, thank you for the love. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, uh, you know, even though it was you, it, it just builds momentum up for the sponsorship. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You need like, what's the term for it? Social buy-in? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I don't remember. Like, yeah, it's like basically you, don't you have to get a couple. Yeah, yeah. You always have to have some like friends and family go and do do something mm-hmm. like this first, and then people will be like, "Well, other people think it's cool. Maybe I should yeah. should uh, also invest in this thing." Yeah. That my other uh, plan was to start recording some stuff for the sponsor wish. Um, but I was working mostly on my site, so I didn't get to do that. Um, I did. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I also, I had to record a talk for a conference, which took a lot longer than 
Uh, I thought it would. It's it's not a new talk, so it's no new content. The first time I did it, I didn't like it, so I redid it. And the second time I did, I was using uh, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm, uh, did an awesome thing. And the second time I recorded it, which I was like, oh, that was good. Uh, around uh, minute thirty-eight, it just stuck on the last frame. You could still hear my voice, but the frame was just stuck. <laughs> Oh, that's miserable. <laughs> and I didn't find out until like I was uploading to YouTube. Because uh, the end yeah. time was like 54 minutes. Um, so, so I just started uploading it. And then I saw that the YouTube video was 38 minutes. I was like, what the hell happened? And I checked the original recording. So uh, needless to say, I, I dropped I dropped mm-hmm, uh, and went with uh, screen. What, did, what am I using? Screencaster? Screen? Screenplay? ScreenFlow, there you go. Uh, ScreenFlow, uh, per your suggestion, uh, which yeah. was your suggestion before I tried, mm-hmm, and you warned me about, mm-hmm, and I didn't listen to your, mm-hmm, advice, so. I think if you were, like, live presenting this, your talk yes. to people in, like, a Zoom room or something like that, then it would have totally been cool. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's geared towards, so. And to be honest, uh, in post, you can do everything that you can do in, mm-hmm, uh, using ScreenFlow, so um, yeah, yeah, exactly. ScreenFlow has a really nice video editor for it being simple. Yep, mm-hmm. like exactly. It's very easy to to kind of get in and go and edit stuff. Um, and honestly, like it's kind of funny. My my editing process for work is like I do my recording. I I check a couple buttons in the audio setting to like set it to mono so that you hear it in both sides of your headphones and um, like adjust the sound levels a little bit just to make them kind of more uniform across, do some like background noise reduction. And then basically from there, I just go through and I start trimming out the fat in the video and sort of just go, (laughs) go through it like that. So it doesn't take that long at all to go and do the editing, but yeah, you can do some, some pretty fancy stuff in there. That's, that's handy. Like one of the good ones that I don't use enough is you can have it hide your mouse pointer at any Uh, point in the video. So like if you accidentally have your mouse somewhere and you're like, Oh crap, I need to move that. And then I need to move it back and put it in a different location. You can like actually go to like beforehand and move, like hide it. And then after you did whatever you had to do with your mouse, you can put it back in. So it looks a little more seamless for screencasting stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's definitely good software. I was actually today messing around with a Linux box and because I need to record a video demonstrating how to do something on a Linux desktop. And I was like, man, I really like Linux desktop, but I could never use it for work because the there's a great free and open source software for this kind of stuff, but it's just not good enough for me. Like it's not, it's never going to have that same ease of use that I get from using ScreenFlow, which is a big bummer. Yeah. I'm hoping to use that, you know, in my, in my recordings uh, for workshops and stuff. What else have I done? Oh, uh, so I'm part of this, uh, this masterminds group um, for microconf. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So microconf, uh, was a in-person, um, business conference. Um, and they kind of had two tiers, a starter and a, a growth edition, mm-hmm. which I was planning on going to in April and obviously, uh, did not do that. Um, they also <laughs> did not have it. Uh, but they, they had this, uh, microconf online where it's just basically a Slack group. Mm-hmm. And then they also ran this program where uh, 
anybody that was interested in in creating a master or want to be part of a mastermind group could submit this form and they would pair you up to other people that are kind of at the same spot where you're at, which oh, for nice. me is like pre-launch and, and things like that. So we've met, uh, we meet every Tuesday and uh, we met twice, I think. Um, so far it's, it's two other, two other guys building, um, building their own products as well. So, uh, it's been, it's been really helpful. Nice. So last time we talked, I talked to him about break time and, uh, they kind of, it was interesting because they kind of went in the same direction that you did when I talked about break time last time, which is mm-hmm. more of a, like, you know, if it's on Slack, it, you know, it has to be kind of team oriented, uh, where, which it doesn't, um, but it was kind of interesting how they also went there. But they had some really good ideas around kind of team aspect stuff, um, particularly around like sharing, you know? So like if I'm on my break and I find something interesting that my team would also find, maybe find it interesting, I mm-hmm. should be able to easily share that from within, from within Slack. And I think that that was a great idea um, that kind of makes it more, uh, has more of a viral uh, aspect to it. And it started me thinking about kind of some team aspects. If, if you were going to create like break time for teams, what that would, what that would entail. So uh, I really, I've just been thinking about it, um, but I just, I thought it was an interesting viewpoint from, from that aspect around teams. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty neat idea. And I can kind of imagine it like you put stuff in break time that you're interested in mm-hmm. and that can go into a shared pool for your team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it can be one of those things like Jimmy suggested this, or, you know, found this thing or whatever. And yep. you'd have to give the option to be like, uh, keep this break time thing private or whatever, just in case mm-hmm. somebody was like, had something that they didn't want everybody else to know that they were researching or looking into mm-hmm. or wanting mm-hmm. to do in their free time. But yeah, it could be interesting just to kind of see that kind of shared pool of things that's just coming in through sort of like a feed versus um, your own thing. It could just kind of display both of those options to the, to the person once they actually hit a break. And I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they actually said the same thing about the pool. So like if I had, you could share it into a channel if you want, or you could just share it back into break time and people Mm -hmm. can choose on their breaks to look at that quote unquote pool. Um, on their breaks. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but you nice. said kind of the same thing. And then the other thing that happened was I, uh, I'm meeting with some potential co-founders for chronic tomorrow, actually. So, um, I nice. will have more info on that probably next time. So presumably design oriented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you said co-founders. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you thinking it's like a package deal or are you meeting with two separate people? A package deal. Okay. Package gotcha. Deal. Building up a team. A team, if you will. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that, that pans out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my last uh, f- few weeks or week and a half since we, yeah, two weeks. So the next time I'm, I'm planning on doing several things. One thing I want to do is create a blog post about the relaunch of Juve. Um, mm-hmm. Basically about what it is, what it's going to be, um, kind of my plans around um, how it's going to become to be. Um, 
and kind of around sponsor wear and things like that. Uh, one of the reasons I want that is I'm thinking about uh, reaching out to um, some people with some money to see if uh, they would uh, sponsor sponsor Juve, people that may be interested in this kind of space. Um, what are your thoughts around around that? Like you're trying to get some businesses to sponsor on your sponsor yes. side of things. Cause I noticed you had some tiers that are like, you know, a hundred dollars a month or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that that makes sense. If you know that there are organizations that this would be beneficial to. Yes. This would be almost like being able to be sponsored for, you know, six months of work on it, uh, straight, um, mm-hmm. which interests me. So the investor would have to realize, obviously, like there's nothing like you're getting money back for. The reason you want this to exist and the me- reason you want this invest money into this is because the end product can help a bunch of other companies, right? Or or people. Yeah. So um, as long as they get that, I think that's a good fit. Yeah, I think winning businesses over or getting more businesses to kick out money to funding open source stuff that they utilize or would be really interested in utilizing is a super good idea. Especially when you think in terms of how businesses work in their finances, right? Like it's not a big deal for a lot of businesses to have a line item of a hundred dollars a month and this sort of situation, right? Where they're like investing in some sort of thing. In mm-hmm. fact, I wonder if you can write this off in some way. Like it's, a, it's such a new thing that I don't know if there's any like business write off sort of uh, potential for sponsoring a open source project, but that seems like it almost would be like a charitable giving kind of thing, but it probably doesn't exist in legislation yet. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be some, like, I would imagine I would need to be some sort of 501. True. True. Uh, but yeah, I can, I can see that working potentially if you go to people who are just like heavily invested in the bot space and you can sell them on like, this is why it's so much better than what you're currently doing. I'm working on this anyway. You can help me be able to put more time into it and then you'll be able to use it faster. You'll see more yep. benefits to it more quickly, that kind of thing. Yep. And that's all that information I want to be in this is blog post. Um, just so I can gotcha. easily pass it around. So I'm really curious about the sponsorware side of things from the point of view of, say, this blog post is more or less like a launch marketing-esque kind of blog post, right? And this is kind of how I'm imagining it. Like, hey, Juve is this thing. Here's what it can do. Uh, it's not quite ready yet, Going, you know, but it's going to be soon. Here's how you can help me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where I'm running into with the landing page that I haven't quite produced yet for uh, Juniper's Lab in that I want to be able to show people what it can do but the parts that I want to show them don't exist yet. So how do you go about framing that sort of situation in terms of like, this is what it's going to be able to do without actually showing them? Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of like the idea that showing not telling is going to get you way farther with these sort of things. So that's one of the things that constantly makes me hesitant to put up any sort of like product feature page or anything like that for stuff I'm working on until it exists is because I'm like, ah, I feel like just telling them is like going to make potentially be a false promise versus me showing them, which kind of makes me wish I wireframed things so that I had at least the UI for something that doesn't exist yet that I could put into a screenshot or something and put into a landing page or a blog post or something like that. So I'm wondering what your take is on this and how you're going to go about doing it. Yeah. So what I'm, the way I'm going to do this in my blog post is basically show in code. 
So it's going to be code that doesn't exist yet, right? Ah, okay. Yeah, so you're basically going to give them the tests. Like, here yep. you go. <laughs> yep. Like, here's how you create a controller and here's how it's routed. And, and you can respond to a view submission, which is different than a command, which is mm-hmm. different than a global shortcut, you know, things like that. So that part for me, I think, is easy. For you, uh, you could do a couple things. One, there's a million marketing pages and actually chronic Chronics page is kind of like this as well. It just kind of talks about the features. Personally, mm-hmm. I hate those pages. Yeah. Um, it's kind of more of a trend lately, but um, even like Hey, Hey was like that, right? Where they didn't show you anything. He didn't show you a, a single screenshot until the day before they launched. Yeah, that's uh, that's a different sort of situation though with Hey, right? Like they were guaranteed to probably get 10,000 signups just by having a domain name, right? They could have well, put a unstyled no. form on a page and they would have gotten it just from the clout that they have. Be like, hey, we're doing an email thing. Sign up here and I'll give you more information later. Yeah, but I think I yeah, I agree with that. That you know, their clout, you know, you can't really compare mm-hmm. dirty yeah, our base camp to any anything anymore, right? Cuz they they've have hundreds of thousands of of, of fans. But, and the other problem is people know what email is. Everybody uses mm-hmm. email. They know what their problems are. So I, I'm not sure that will work for you. But what, what immediately came to mind is you could do something where it's kind of like, like you said, a wireframe. It's not fully baked in, right? You could do even lines and squiggles and like with some, some gifts or something that shows like what the end result is, right? Yeah. Like there's ways to kind of sh- not even showing the interface or showing some minimalized interfaces with boxes and scribbles and stuff to show them mm-hmm. kind of that that's what it's going to do. Yeah. I thought about reaching out to a buddy of mine who's a um, like a video editor mm-hmm. and a visual effects guy yes, yes. and seeing if I could get him to like build me an explainer video almost uh, for, for some of these things, like to animate some resources that I could create for him, uh, and in such a way that I could kind of demonstrate this in video. Cause I just feel like video is so good for this kind of thing, but I wouldn't do, um, I wouldn't, hmm, maybe that would work, but I, I, I'm fearful of like a long video. Oh, see, it wouldn't have to be long. We're talking like a 30 second video. Yeah. Like I think would sell it. Right. Yeah. But I'm thinking more of like, Hey, here's the, the, the three major features of, of this. Um, mm-hmm. not the features, but these are the three things it's solving. And yeah. with some, um, uh, just explainer type illustrations that, that just nobody hits the hit, hit play. Right. So you can show these That's explainer things and with some, some ex- explanation below it. Um, because people are going to see the explainer video. They're either going to immediately get it. Or mm-hmm. they're going to get it and not care, so they'll move on. Or they're going to get it but want to know more information, so then that's when they read. So um, which are the people that you want to attract anyway? The first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I can get behind that. Yeah. I'll just have to uh, to do some sort of little – yeah, I think I can make some animated GIFs or something to kind of show off some wireframes in motion and have yeah. those buy some, buy some text that explains like the feature kind of mm-hmm. as an idea. I would look at uh, Dribble has tons of this little snippets of stuff that they've kind yeah. of yeah so I'd look at Dribble I'd also probably look at Kickstarter uh, which is notorious for you know software products that aren't out yet uh-huh. uh, mostly mostly hardware but there's some software stuff in there so 
that's what I would, I would look at that, that kind of stuff. And then maybe some other pre-launch, maybe product hunt and look at some of their pre, um, pre-launch stuff and see if they do mm. any. There's also beta list. I think it's called beta list, which is kind of like the product hunt for stuff that's not out yet. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I could, I could definitely see, um, I definitely see why you need that. And I agree. Um, and I could, I see several ways around that issue without you having to create the interface. Cause then the next thing is you could replace those sections with real interfaces once you build them. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. yeah, That's a good idea. I think this will kind of work its way into what I'm doing these next two weeks then. Cool. Hopefully next week, I would say I, I do want to be able to get back to working on real, real features. But we'll talk yeah. about the debacle that I had uh, after we finished talking about your stuff. Yeah, so not much more. Um, I'm going to uh, launch a new BF. I'm going to launch that blog post. I'm going to do my first streaming um, kind of around Juve, but my first streaming is going to be around creating a uh, GitHub action for sponsorware so mm-hmm. that when somebody sponsors you, um, I'm going to do a couple actions, but the, the one action is going to be once somebody sponsors you, uh, they'll automatically get uh, access to your private repo. Nice. And then if they unsponsor you or go to a different level, it'll it'll revoke their access, things like that. Um, and I, I like that because I think I can gain some traction around the whole sponsorware thing. Like I'll reach out mm-hmm. to Caleb and, you know, I'll CC him on that. And it's something that other people I think can use. And then I'll, it'll also promote the blog post that I'm, that I'm going to write. So, it's kind of tying everything together. Mm-hmm. And then I am go, I have an online workshop I have to do over the next two weeks, which is going to take up some time, a couple days. So that's going to suck. <laughs> uh, but I've like never, you're attending I've, a workshop or you're putting on I'm, a workshop? I'm putting on a workshop uh, for an online conference for Cotapalooza. Gotcha. Okay. It's just going to, um, it's going to just suck. Uh, preparing for it and then it's going to be a whole day of like being online and mm-hmm. stuff so i haven't i haven't done that so we'll see how that that goes lots of t- i'm going to do a lots of breaks man lots of breaks so so that's going to take up some of my time and then i'm going to do a lot more thinking and have some really concrete ideas for like break time uh for the marketing and how it's going to kind of work by next time okay cool sounds pretty good so uh, let's hear about uh, your debacle. All right. So if we rewind to what was going to be done this last two weeks, since I wasn't going to make my August 1st release date for the actual application because I have a couple more features that I need to build. The goal was we were going to build basically a landing page so somebody could sign up and reserve their username. And just like the money that they put towards that, I would just you know put towards their first month of when the actual system comes out. That, that was the plan. And mm-hmm. while I was in the process of, you know, kind of working on some things, I was looking at, I was like, oh man, I would really like to let people just like get in here and just not have the deck building stuff there. Because I was like, if I can have you search and you can see some card prices or whatever, that's actually good enough for like the first tier almost entirely. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just do this card pricing thing real quick. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Famous last words. Never say I'm going to implement this quick feature when you like have a deadline for something that this deadline doesn't need said quick feature, <laughs> because especially when said quick feature uses somebody else's API. 
because unless you've done a lot of research into how that API works, you can be totally screwed. So yeah, I spent a very, very long time trying to basically pull in pricing information for the, the cards in the database. And I still don't even have it to where it successfully can reliably do that in an automated fashion. Like I could go in and manually figure out the IDs for every card and the, the 2000 cards that exist or not 12,000, not 2000. I could go manually do it or I could like f make sure that the data matches up and I can do proper querying and stuff through my code. So that's what I've been gradually trying to do and finding like holes in what the data that I have that populates my database and like different th how things are named and this and that versus how they need to be formatted and used to search. And that took like a massive amount of time to where I actually had to just be like, okay, we're just going to put a whip commit in this branch and pack it away for a little bit because I need to bounce back and start working on actually getting this thing out. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was the big problem there is like that basically took my entire two weeks of me like coming back and fiddling with some stuff and trying some testing some things out, figuring out where things are wrong, fixing up data. And yeah, so doing tons of that crap. And then I finally decided to, you know, cut loose on that feature for a little bit and get back to what I was doing. But then that put me in the situation where I was like, well, I'm going to build this landing page and I haven't actually moved over any of the Juniper's lab, like, uh, branding stuff. So like, I don't have the logo, uh, that I want to have. I need to customize the colors and stuff before I build this landing page so I can have like a uniform look to the things that I'm building. So that's, that's kind of where I've been, uh, on that. I've been making sure my images for the, the basic stuff like that and sort of just pinning down like, okay, these are, this is the color scheme I'm using. I need some accent colors for this, that, and this, and I need to make sure I go through and I remove like kind of the basic colors that were used throughout the application and on the normal components that are used through tailwind UI. So I'm getting closer, but then I'm, as this conversation has kind of shown, I've been a little bit concerned about like, man, what am I going to put in this landing page? To, uh, yeah. to kind of get people even enticed to, to to bite on like a product that they can't actually use yet. Yeah. Are you, this is a technical question, but are you putting like the landing page inside like the main repo and then you're just going to replace it later? Or are you going to like, are you having a separate like app just for the landing Oh, page? I'll put it in the main repo just so I don't have to set anything else up. Yeah. 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 Like it'll be, I'll, I'll probably what I'll do is I'll just add a, I haven't done it yet, but I'll add a, a conditional in the routes to where mm -hmm. it'll only show this in production at the, for the time being. And then like all the actual application stuff will only show in like my staging environment so that, uh, other people can, can check it out. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I would go back to the conversation of like, why, you know, why are people, why would somebody want to buy this? And, and you could just, uh, you know, have illustrations that kind of show. Yeah show some stuff. Yeah. I think uh, that conversation was super helpful to me. Uh, that's kind of what I needed to, to talk about. Cause that's always been my uh, one. I'm not great at designing things anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's always been, uh, I mean, that's 90% of the things that I've never shipped are because I build all of the functionality and then I, I can't come up with a design that I like and I scrap the project. So yeah, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think like the design side is as important. No, right I don't now. think it's as important because like marketing sites are pretty uniform and yeah. like landing pages and that kind of thing. But I was still like, I need to show something, right? I can't just have it be like a wall of text. Like that's not going to work for me, but yeah. I just went to mightycal.com, Derek Reimer's new page that he's working on. And that's, uh -huh. it looks like a tailwind UI. It's pretty simple. He does have UI on there. But oh, he has a, like a demo, <laughs> like you can well, actually use yeah. that thing. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. 
yeah, because I yeah I looked at this too, and I'm and he's he's good at design and anyway, but yeah, there's there's definitely I mean he's using Tailwind for sure on these things, yeah. but it's just like yeah, this is this is a really well designed page, and it's not very long, but yeah, you're right, it's it's a lot of text before this. It also doesn't ask you for any money, so there is that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is good. I need to do a little bit more to kind of go and get inspiration from these kind of things. But this is a yep. good simple page, though. Yep, yep, and it's yeah, it just has you know. An H1 that describes a problem, notify me, mm-hmm. a demo of kind of what the app can do. I don't think you need to go that far. And I, I doubt that this like is even where he's at right now, you know? And then some- I some, think he's beyond this maybe, right? For sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, and then some some text with a, with another join, join uh, area. So, mm-hmm. and then I also like the idea of like, putting stuff about you on there just to know, just to tell people like why you're passionate about this and, and who you are and just let people know that it's just one person behind it. You know, yeah, that's I think a good those, idea. Are, those are a lot more personable uh, things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Cool. Uh, well, I'm, I'm happy that you kind of uh, scrapped, not scrapped it, but you know, uh, push that, that branch off to the side. Uh, Cause I, I think, I think this is important validation for your app for where you're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It was just so frustrating. Cause I was like, Oh, this shouldn't be that hard. It's just like a search lookup. I just need to figure out the ID of each card pretty quickly. That shouldn't be too hard. They have semi unique names and, and within a set or whatever, but the, the searching capabilities of this thing are not great. So it makes me wonder the other, other sites that do this, like, if they have done a lot of it manually to make sure that it's pointing to the right card or if they're just like, whatever, I'll roughly find the right thing here. So, yeah. Yeah. I I guess that's hard. That's, I I guess that you'd have to talk to somebody that would be using it. Like, yeah, well, and it's an, it's such an annoying API. Like I can search based on a bunch of different filters or whatever. And there's one filter that like should exist, but it just like totally doesn't. And it's the set number. So like each card has like a number that it is within a set. So somebody can say like, I have all of the cards Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, you can't search by that. And I'm like, that super sucks. Like that would make this job really easy because then it doesn't matter how I format the name versus how you format the name. Like I could just search by like, Hey, within this set name, give me the set number card. And then you just kick me back the one ID. I don't know why that doesn't exist because they display that number all over the place with, if you're looking through their marketplace. So that was, that was actually what I assumed I could do. And that was a really stupid assumption, but yeah, gotcha. it's, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting situation just trying to go through and do these things. I'm also looking at it like, man, I would really, with so much of this site being baked, like based on the content that's in a database, I, I'm like, it's going to really suck to keep like a staging environment around. Like I almost have to do, uh, a little bit like I'm going to at some point probably have a staging environment where I can go and like add new cards and like fine tune them and stuff. And then I'll just sync that environment forward to production. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just move this database table, like just, poof, just move this entire thing up there. So I never have to mess with it in production and I can like add cards before they come out and that kind of thing. Well, but, you could also just, instead of doing that environment, you could have just uh, versions of your cards with, with a state. So people don't see, you know, v4 of this card or they don't see v1 of this card you know you can be working on those behind the scenes 
Oh, yeah. I guess I could just have like, this is public or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just mark it as if it's visible. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of little doodads like that that are kind of little hang ups for down the road, but like totally don't matter for me to solve now. But as I'm like doing all this stuff to fix the data that I have, I'm like, once I have all this code written that like patches up the data that I have, if I know that it's something that I can fix up, I'm like, this all becomes obsolete once this thing is in production. Mm hmm. But it's like I need to do these things on batches of, you know, 12,000 pretty frequently to like go through and be like, oh, I need to modify the images that I'm using here and doing this and that. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks that I have to write all this code right now until I get things patched up. But I'm like, there is light at the end of the tunnel that eventually what will happen is four times a year I'll have to do big batches of code or like big batches of like data entry, more or less, or data pulling, uh, massaging and putting it in the database. Mm -hmm. And then, you know a handful of other times throughout the year, I'll have like tiny little products that I'll have to put in. Like here's a promotional card that only exists in this one pack thing. And it's by itself. And yeah, I think, but yeah, it'll be way easier to maintain it going in the future. But like right now I'm so sick of like writing code that has to like go over the entire data set to fix things that I'm finding that are wrong. Yeah. But that seems like that would be a, an advantage, like a competitive advantage for you to have like really nice maintained data for, for cards mm-hmm. compared yeah. to other, other people. I did have an idea for another revenue revenue stream for you for this. Oh yeah. Which you probably already thought of, but uh, the, if you facilitate the ability for users to sell cards within the system, then you could take a tran- percentage of that transaction. Of that uh, so selling cards is going to be hard because sales in this space happens through like people selling like, to one another through like PayPal basically mm-hmm. and then like mailing it to one another or they like sell on the marketplace themselves. Like I have a TCG player account where like I've occasionally sold cards that I've gotten that were v- valuable, but I didn't need them. And so that's the like, or eBay. Those are the, like the three ways people do this. Like I very much doubt that I could insert myself into that game of like allowing people to kind of do that. I did think about like, man, I wish I would make it easier for you to like, know people on my system and be able to see like this is their wish list or these are cards that they've tagged as for sale and to be able to be like hey i would totally like to buy that kind of thing and sure. i might be able to facilitate like the communication between people but i don't think i would um it's really feasible or like what the i don't know what the liability is for um trying to be the broker of those things that sounded to me like a bunch of excuses there. No, I literally don't think it's that a smart idea to build. Like I have thought it like it would be cool, but I I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. Cause like, I'm not, I wouldn't want to touch their money. Like that would be like almost like an escrow service. uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what these, like you're just facilitating a transaction. You know, you're there are, they're both, both parties are on the system, right? A party mm -hmm. that that wants a card and you have a card that you want to sell why why would it why would they go outside that system to facilitate that sale on eBay or or the other platform you have if if they're right within the system now how are you imagining that this happens on a technical level if there's like you don't want to be involved with it like fine i, I get that but I, I don't i don't see why it's not possible i'm not saying it's not possible i don't think it's necessarily like how on a technical level do you imagine it being implemented so these two party parties meet on your system. Okay. Person that wants to sell a card uh, uh-huh. or that wants a card and a user says, Oh, I see that the user wants a card. Let me 
reach out to them, facilitate the communication, say, hey, I have that card. I'm interested in buying it. And they negotiate a price, whether that's through a system that you build or just through their communications. Uh-huh. They, um, they say, okay, I want to I pay that card. You put that money in escrow. They say, yep, uh, the card has been received. Everything's good. And then you let that money out into, uh, into the f- uh, other user's account. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird, like I'm comfortable taking people's money for things that I'm providing to them, but I just know there are so many people who try to rip people off in this kind of thing mm-hmm. that I don't want to deal with the the headache of yeah. trying to handle those sort of situations. Yeah, I could see that. And and I don't think this is a, a revenue stream that would, you know, this is down the road when you have, yeah, you would have yeah. lots of users on your, your system to, to make it viable anyway. Yeah, that seems like too big of a risk for um, potential headaches in terms of like customer support or uh, fraud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's my main, main reason for not wanting to do that. But I was just wondering if you were imagining the same thing I was, where I'm like, you basically are an escrow service at that point. But it looks like it sounds like you saw it work in the same way. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my initial thought. Some way to validate that the user got the card that they wanted, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's escrow or some other way, um, maybe a maybe a way through refunds and and uh, complaints. Maybe you know, there's there's lots of ways. That was kind of my. Mm-hmm my first idea. Yeah. And I mean, there's a total market there, but yeah, it's a, I'd have to be a bigger player in the game to, to be able to do that. So maybe what'll happen is mm, I'll do a good enough job at solving the problems that I have for that. I'm trying to solve. And then uh, TCG player, who's the big, big dog in this like marketplace stuff for cards. will just buy me and then I'll be able to walk away. There you go. That, there that's, you go. That's, that's step three, <laughs> step three profit. Sell myself to the the marketplace API that I use. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about APIs being sold, did you see the thing from uh, the designer at Basecamp who also works on a weather app? Yes. Did you see this on Twitter? Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that super sucks, man. Apple, Apple does that yeah. all the time where they buy an API and then they say, oh, by the way, we're shutting this down, only using it for us, which I mean, let's, let's be real here. That's competitive advantage, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, you have lots of competitive advantages when you're a monopoly. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the whole (laughs) thing, right? Like you, you can be like, oh, okay, cool. There are Android apps that can do this. Not anymore. Yeah. Right. And I, yeah, you can't buy the app anymore. I don't think in the app store. I love dark sky. Dark sky. Oh, I use it all the time. I literally use it like daily. Well, for one, because it gives you so much information. Like I use it to check the UV index a lot to know like, Hey, I'm only going to be out for outside for 15 minutes. Do I need to put sunscreen on me and Eden? Right. I used to use it for my, uh, when I had a Jeep mm-hmm. and I always have the top down and I'm like, oh, I, I should get dark sky. So I, I, I can run out and put my uh, top up on my Jeep before, uh, before it rains. Mm-hmm. It was really useful for that. But the other thing is like, like you're a weather app. Like, like I, I feel for him, but, but uh-huh. again, he's using a third party API, building a, 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 an application that's kind of a commodity both yeah. you know on device as well as a million competitors in the store and his competitive advantage is it's really nice so like the user interface is nice yeah you know I he puts a better all. design on the same information yeah so um i feel for him 
and I get all the Apple complaint, like as far as being an 800 pound gorilla that you have to, to fight off. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's scary, which is kind of another reason, like I'm kind of glad I'm pausing on the, I think the app store is going to go through a lot of changes in the next year or so. The The 30% thing is, I think you just can't keep doing that. It's just not, it's not a good look. It's not like you have, more um, money in the bank than most countries. Like you don't need to take 30% of and keep having lip service about how you care about developers so much when you're taking, uh, Mm. when you're shaking them down for 30% fees. It's, um, and then enforcing rules for some, enforcing rules for not giving Apple a 15% uh, cut instead of 30% uh, or taking a 15% cut. So, and then coming back and saying you treat all developers the same, which you don't like. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to go through some changes. So I'm kind of glad I'm kind of stepping away from the, from that yeah. app store. It's also bit. one of those weird things that I've never understood why it's like a flat percentage and doesn't just work like, uh, you know, kind of graduated taxes. We're like, Oh, your application makes com- like just bonkers money. Okay. We will take a, a, a slightly bigger cut of that. But like somebody who's just starting out, like you don't make any money. Like I'm not going to take 15% of the $2 you made mm-hmm. or 30% of that. Right. Like I, I've kind of never understood the, it's the same argument versus like fixed tax rate versus, um, you know, based on your income. So that's one of those right. weird things. I probably shouldn't talk about taxes. Right. But at the end of the day, Bill Gates should pay more taxes than me. That's just how it works out. It should, um, yeah. Uh, should, there's, right. There's, doesn't uh, probably, but the majority uh, of the country believe, believes that as well. But uh, I, I, I agree. I like that. I like that uh, that aspect. Um, but then again, like there's other problems, like Jason Fried pointed out, like being able to be in charge of that customer service, being able to uh, refund somebody or give somebody a discount or um, make mm-hmm. the app free. You know, you don't you lose that interface when you go through the in-app purchase in the app store. Um, so that's like another issue with the app store. Yeah, so. yeah. There's some definite problems with the app store, and oh man, over time, the things that have happened because of that that really like just make me mad. Like, so this is one of those. In college, I was reading a lot of comics on Comicsology oh, before comics. Amazon bought it, and. Uh, like it was, that was like, that's how you make sales right there. You get to the end of the comic book and it would just like slide out of thing. I was like, you want to buy the next one? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to buy the right. next one. And, right. uh, but then Amazon bought them and they're like, dude, we're not giving 30% of every one of these comic books. No way. And so it made it like super annoying. Cause I couldn't leave the app or like, I couldn't just buy it from the app. I had to leave and go like buy it online or something through a web browser or something like yep. that. Like it got super annoying really quick. And I was just like, all right, I'm done reading comics. This is too much of a hassle. Well, I, like my wife found, found audible like two years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and just explaining to her why she can't buy uh, an, or how to even purchase an audible book through the app. Yeah, um, you cannot explain why you can't do yeah. that. Um, yeah, even that, like, that's not good for users. So, like, Apple's offering a lot of lip service, but not really following it. Um, yeah, well, and it's funny that the apps that I just talked about that have like a bad experience are the ones where they're a giant company who's just like, screw you, Apple, you're not taking 30% of my money. I'll right. make people buy it not on your thing and just right. be able to access the data. Yeah, and 30% is a shit ton of money. Like, yeah. Like if you want to make, because then it also reflects bad on the users because you have to charge more. Like 
mm-hmm. like, hey, right? They can't, they're charging $8 a month for, for email. You know how much support comes with that? And like, you want to give 30% of that like to Apple? Like they wouldn't be able to make those those economics work um, because they're, they are a large company, no matter what they say. Um, so- well, I mean, they're you know, a large value company, even though it's only like, what, like 30, 40 people, something like that. It's a pretty small yeah. in terms of well, like- I mean, 50 people, I think it's 50 or 60 or whatever, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of customer support, but I mean, that's, you know, come on, that's a- that's a medium sized business, right? So yeah, I don't know. Lots, lots of stuff. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, uh, I don't have to deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so this is total, tan- like, obviously this has just been tangents galore because I didn't have a ton to talk about. And apparently long episodes are now the business around here. I got some but... good feedback. I got some good feedback. They didn't, oh, like, the long didn't... Ones. They didn't, they didn't like the long ones, but uh, they, they like the content. Oh, they didn't like that it was long. Okay, so maybe I should just cut it off right here. Instead no, of, no, no, no. Uh, okay, who cares? Who cares? Nobody's but, listening. Uh, yeah, anywho. So this is more just like I think everybody needs some more stuff that just makes them happy in their in their life. Um, have you heard about Fall Guys? No, no. Okay, so uh, Fall Guys is a video game. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Let me see if it's available on uh, anything but Windows and PS4. Does it work on Mac? That's the real oh, question. No, yeah. it's only on Windows. Oh, so unfortunate. Have you uh do you on ever Steam, watch though. what? It's on Steam. It's on Steam, but it's only on but it's Windows. Only on Windows. Steam. Yeah, but anywho, have you ever watched the most extreme elimination challenge? Nope. <laughs> okay. So it's a uh it's like recordings of some wacky Japanese game show that is basically oh. just like overdubbed by some like comedic white dudes just making cracks about stuff. Yeah. And uh, this is the most MXC as a video game, basically. Like you go in as 60 players and you just have like goofy physics, but it's basically you're just in a game show. And we were playing it for an hour last night. It's like 20 bucks, but it was it's probably the hardest I've laughed while playing a game in a long time. And just <laughs> running around doing these like obstacle courses. It's kind of like Wipeout, I guess. Uh, that game show that existed a few yep. years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically that as a video game. And if anybody needs a little bit of levity in their life, something that's really funny, then I would totally recommend this. It's on PlayStation 4 and through Steam on PC. Why is this not on the Switch? This looks like the perfect Switch game. Yeah, well, I so it actually sold way wor- like more than they were expecting it to. So like their server stability is kind of like bad because they have to like ramp up how, the server capacity that they have to be able to meet the demand that they didn't expect they were going to get. Hmm. But yeah, super funny. Should've, so if anybody should have used Elixir, am I right? Should have used Elixir. Yeah, it's also nice that it's not like a giant game. It's not like doesn't take like 75 gigs on your hard drive. It's like a gig to download and three and a half gigs installed or something like that. Um, so that's, that's like my pick for this week. I know we don't do picks, but that was, that was one that I had enough fun goofing around with some buddies last night playing that, that, uh, I figured I would recommend that to other people if they had not heard about it. I got a pick. Go for it. We're doing picks now. We're a pick show. Hey, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, um, no, I'm just joking, but, uh, I, no, I do have a pick. Have you seen, um, oh my God, I just watched, uh, watched it last night. It's a, it's a show on Netflix. It's a superhero show. Oh, Umbrella Academy. Have you watched Umbrella Academy? I have not. No. Dude, Umbrella Academy, it is kind of made for like teens. You can kind of tell. Uh, But it has really good stories. Uh, It has good characters. 
and some some good stories. Uh, the dialogue's a little iffy, and there's a lot of plot holes, you know. But other than that, it's really good. The second season just came out last Friday, but it's about like superheroes that are like kind of dysfunctional, uh, and they have some really cool superpowers. Um, it's about the end of the world. There's some time travel, things like that. Uh, it's gotcha. got Ellen, Ellen Page in it from from uh, the movies. So it's it's uh, pretty cool. I've recommended for a, for a, a non-serious, uh, fun, fun show. Nice. All right. Well, there we had a good discussion about business stuff and things we're working on. Got some picks in there. So this overall has been an enjoyable uh, recording. I've, I've had a good time talking about this stuff. Cool. Turn in, tune in next week when we uh, review keyboards. Oh, you getting a new keyboard? Mm, no. Well, maybe. okay. Actually, I could give you a review of one that I bought a couple months ago, but uh, <laughs> next week, people, next, next week, week, tune in. <laughs> okay. Right, I'll talk one. to you later, dude. All right, bye. bye.